Uh, my name is Justin Reed. I'm the CEO of uh, Troilus Gold, listed on the uh, TSX Big Board. We are developing or redeveloping the past-producing Troilus mine in northern Quebec. Justin, thank you very much for the introduction. Uh, you've just put out a new news release talking about a new mineral um, resource. Uh, there's been a big growth in in kind of the headline numbers. Can you just, kind of, by way of starting us off, tell us what those headline numbers are, just to kind sure. of set the context? Sure. After 350,000 meters of drilling over the last four years, uh, we have put out um, 11.2 million ounces equivalent indicated at an average grade of 0.69 grams. We, we can talk about some interpretation later. And an additional inferred resource of 1.8 at almost the same grade. So a headline across all categories, 13 million ounces, 99% indicated in a brownfield site in northern Quebec, um, of which, you know, 99% of this is going to be open pitable. Now, a, a lot of that discovery has come quite recently. You know, you've, you've, you've picked up these new zones, the X-22 zone, uh, the connector zone, which brings with it uh, lots of change, which is good because you're kind of adding to the resources. But um, it also kind of in some ways sets you back in terms of the technical studies. But let's first, let's talk about the positives first, which is how you, um, how that evolution has gone. I mean, because you've had five rigs turning and uh, are you still in that kind of discovery process? Are, is the resource still growing? The resource could grow if we wanted it to. We've actually yeah. shut the rigs down for the first time in four and a half years. Uh, kind of giving everybody a break, catching up on all, obviously all the things you need to do. Um, and, you know, with the 13 million ounce and all group indicated at FERD uh, resource together, we, do, we don't need more ounces anymore. Um, obviously, yeah. it's about good ounces or better ounces, if you will. And that's what X22, the connector, um, the main zone of the Southwest has done for us is provided higher grade cores that are very shallow that are going to allow for um, better material early through the mill. <laughs> were they were they picked up almost as a process of sterilization as you were kind of going through the yeah. kind of the geotechnics or, or, or was it a kind of a conscious we think that there's going to be some mineralization over here? Uh, the southwest deposit which we discovered uh, brand new uh, which is Two and a half kilometers away from the main mineralized center was was a was a a greenfields discovery, and the, you know that was six hundred thousand ounces just turned into over two million ounces. Uh, so significant growth there. Uh, X twenty two was found as uh, part of our geotech drill program. Uh, yeah, you know, there we go. Trying to, I'd rather be lucky than good sometimes, but that was. You know, the discovery hole was 30 meters of 4.3 grams from surface. Um, and that was really two things, a geotech hole and then trying to reach 87 south. So we collared um, in what we thought was the optimal area. And, you know, the first 30 to 50 meters was mineralized. Um, the connector zone, which is the saddle really between the J and 87 pet was part of sterilization drilling and that uh, returned 130 meters 138 meters of 1.75 grams 21 meters of five within that so you know it's just doing the appropriate work for engineering um you know getting all your geotech done to hone in the slow ultimate pit slopes that you're going to develop 
uh, and seeing where he can put down a mill. So, yes, you, you know, the problem obviously is is that the ore body keeps going and the grade's getting better. Yeah. But, you know, the problem is from an engineering side, well, you now have to deal with it, which is time and money, yeah. right? Exactly, time and money. And, and th- that evolution of your understanding of the geology of the area um, changes the way that you look at it. I mean, I, I, I noticed that from an earlier interview you did with Matt, you were talking about a, um, I, I think it was about, it was at the beginning of this year, so nine months ago, pretty much. You were talking about kind of targeting a high grade zone and kind of having a cutoff of, of 0.5 grams per ton, and yet your the 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 base case for your resource, the recently republished resource, is actually 0.3 grams a ton. So you've obviously changed the way that you're thinking about it, which is going to affect the way that you address the technical and uh, economic study that's coming. Yeah, fair fair question. So what what happened is as we started to to drill out these higher grade zones. And the high-grade zones still persist. They are absolutely there. There was a mass of lower-grade, call it, you know, 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 material around these higher grades. And so as you start to develop your ultimate pit shells, it's grabbing all that material, bringing your average grade down, and the pits are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so we saw that around the connector in X22, um, added a, a lot of ounces. And you'll see in our press release and the presentation that's on our website now on the resource, those higher grade cores still persist. They're very well defined. They just get dragged down by bringing in anything above our ultimate cutoff, which is 0.3, which we need to do for the pit shells. Um, and then some of our underground, which we, which we had from very early on in the company, um, turned into underground as well, or into open pit as the pits got dragged deeper. So they get diluted as well. So yeah, the pits are getting massive. So right now, X22J87 and the connector are going to become one pit. Um, I think the overall strike is going to be more than three and a half kilometers long, and the width will be kilometer and a half, almost two kilometers. It's going to be a very, very big hole with... Um, uh, with another pit to the south or the southwest. The other, I guess, technical change that came as per your question, X22 is positioned along a D2 structure. So our main trend, our D1, is northeast-southwest. Uh, this cross-cutting D2 structure um, is mineralized, significantly higher grade in places, um, and hosted almost exclusively up in the hanging wall of the deposit, which historically had never been considered by the previous operators. And so now we look at the geophysics across the entire mineralized horizon down to the southwest, and we see a number of these repeating D2 structures, um, which provides future exploration. And, you know, if we can pull out 30 meters to four grams out of them, we're going, we're going to take a look. So that's for the future. But certainly, as soon as you find those, great, we had to delineate them. And we had to drill them. Not We didn't drill them to the infert. We drilled them to the indicated so we can bring them into the feasibility study. And on top of that, we had to do all the geotech work for that portion of a new expanded pit. Uh, that takes time and money. And of course, it's a new mineralized horizon. So we've had to do all the all of the, though we're very confident in it, uh, we had to redo all of, not redo, 
do the initial MET work to a feasibility level on a new mineralized horizon. And so all of that was done in the last, you know, 10 months, which is pretty remarkable. Uh, are, are you there? I mean, you say you've stopped, you've, you've, you've stood down the drills. Um, you've, you've identified some of these D2 hanging wall structures, in particular the X22 zone, which has got a high grade in it, but uh, you're going to leave the other ones out for now. And so have you got enough confidence to say, we're not going to tinker with it. We're going to just advance what we've got to a feasibility study. Yeah. And, and the feasibility is almost done. So, uh, we were, if you'll recall, we were very close to putting out a pre-feasibility in November when we discovered X-22. X-22 is having, uh, I can say is having a major impact on the economics of what this is going to look like. And, um, Yes. So we have everything we need now to deliver the feasibility. And um, a lot of that pre-feasibility, the MET work, um, the tailings work, the water management, uh, was all done to a feasibility level almost anyway. So we've had a very quick progression to feasibility level, just knowing that that X-22 connector zone had to be incorporated. And that's that's been ongoing while we've been drilling it out. We had enough confidence as we were drilling it, we knew we were going to be including it. So. Uh, because one of the challenges when you're building a mine or doing any big engineering project is change of scope along the way. And I mean, uh, we're building a high-speed rail network in this country, which is an absolute um, disaster as, it, as the, the scope keeps changing every five minutes. Um, and when speaking to mine builders and uh, the, the kind of the construction teams, they always say that the thing that really throws the budget and the delivery is the the groundwork, is that the, the, the company finds out new stuff as their build is going on, which changes the metallurgy and changes the geotechnics and um, um, changes the, the resource blocks. I just, so I just want yeah, to kind no, of just I, come back to that. Yeah, I mean, that's always a risk. Um, X-22 was a, or is, um, a very specific, well-defined area. And we think we have we have the scope of that locked in. So we're not changing the scope of our, our formidable feasibility. You know, we're still approaching this at 35,000 tons a day with the, with the infrastructure that we have in place, optimizing that. And our whole premise was to optimize and utilize the infrastructure that we have to prevent the impact of inflationary creep that we're seeing everywhere. So use the infra upgraded infrastructure that we have to the maximum, to our maximum ability. Um, and also take advantage of, you know, the earthworks that are done. Remember when you look at the blowouts in capital from similar type of deposits that are under construction or have been constructed. It's not the, it's not the fixed price items that are blowing out. It's not the mill. It's not your fleet. It's, it's not your camps. It's, it's not the hard assets. It's, it's the civils at the end of the day, moving dirt. Uh, and for Troilus, our, our tailings facility is constructed. Huge, huge impact, you know, huge value to us. Six and a half square kilometers. We have three years of capacity without having to do a lift. And ultimately, we're going to have life of mine capacity. That is an unbelievable advantage to us. Um, you know, the roads and the power, uh, what, 
I read one of our shareholders that said that, yeah, they've got a a road and an extension cord. But, you know, the road is two-lane production ready. Um, That's a million and a half dollars U.S. a kilometer to build. And it's a 42-kilometer road. The power line... 171 kV going to a 50 megawatt substation is a million dollars a kilometer to build. But more importantly, it took five years for Inmet to permit that. Um, and that was in the 80s. You know, the time cost of capital is huge here. So we have a bunch of advantages. So we are optimizing and building based upon uh, the scope of infrastructure that we have. If we had nothing here, you would probably build this at 55, 60,000 tons a day right now. You know, we're going to have a 20 year plus mine life in our bankable feasibility. It's going to be, it's going to be a very, it's a generational scale asset. Um, but if I was Barrick, I would come in and build it at 60,000 tons. I, I built Detour right now, but Detour is going to come with a billion and a half dollar capital. Um, you know, we are, we are going to be able to mitigate numbers massively because of what we have so we're building it to the right size of uh the company that we are and the infrastructure that we have and you haven't been able to give a capex figure since the pea five years ago or six years ago even longer yeah the pea was in uh 2020 so three years ago and a half years uh it was 350 million us um 315 yeah 350 and that was okay that was based on a 14-year open pit going to an underground. Um, they were putting a lot of sustaining capital kind of into year seven for the underground build. Um, you have seen, um, you know, and our infrastructure was valued at $350 million at that time. So think of it as, a, call it a $700, $750 million build. Uh, the value of our infrastructure we've just had it recosted for the feasibility is worth about 500 million us now. So, you know, add that of inflation onto the 350, you know, this is going to be a 600 to $700 million bill. And that's not surprising anybody. That's what every analyst that covers us has. Um, that's what we've been guiding to. Um, but then when you couple that with the, uh, with the infrastructure that we have, you know, it's a $1.2 billion project. Um, which all of a sudden is exactly like Greenstone, which is being built by Eric LaMontagne on our board. Um, 36,000 tons a day, very similar ore body. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to surprise anybody. Okay. So it's within, within, um, reasonable parameters. Um, and in terms of raising the capital, you've, you mentioned in the past, the kind of the, the, the copper contribution you i think you said it was about 20 percent of your revenue at four dollars fifty and 15 percent at three dollars fifty are, are we in clearly closer down at that end or has or has the new resource kind of shifted it um up a bit no um probably it really depends on what zone you're mining from uh the majority of the ore comes from i think almost half the ore maybe a little less comes from 87 and 87 is our our most copper rich though uh that remains about the same, but certainly I would say copper concentrate demand over the last year and a half has skyrocketed. Um, you know, we're going to produce 35% of our gold through gravity through a Nelson circuit on site. So we'll, we'll pour Dore a 
And then the rest is going to report to a copper gold silver concentrate. And, um, you know, it's going to be 50 to 60,000 tons of con a year. Uh, it's not incredibly high grade. Uh, the con is in incredibly high grade copper, call it kind of 50 to 17% copper, but, um, it's going to be a, over 140 gram gold and, and 250 gram plus silver. So, um, from that standpoint, it's, um, it's, it's a very lucrative con. It's in very high demand and, um, uh, copper concentrate offtakes, I think are going to provide a lot of alternative funding that would typically have to have been, uh, put in place through an equity contribution to a debt facility. And so I think that, uh, having, having the copper con is going to give us a whole bunch of optionality that we didn't have. And of course, we also bought back our two and a half percent royalty from First Quantum um, a couple of years ago. Uh, again, there was a little bit of criticism for that. Why is an exploration company buying back the royalties? But you know, the the impact of that on uh, on this operation would have been huge. And so we have that yeah. unlevered as well. When you're looking at the kind of the the the, the timeline ahead, you have got the feasibility study coming up, hopefully Q1. Uh, next year, um, possibly, uh, well, let's, let's call it the first half of the year. Yeah. Um, and 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 then you're into financing discussions, um, or or is, is there a permitting um, block in there as well? Well, yeah. Let's deal with the timeline on the feasibility because um, uh, I don't want people to think we're slipping. We're not. Uh, we are. I think we are on track. Uh, we have been guiding to the end of this year, early next year. And I think, I think we'll have it all done in December. Um, but certainly we're not going to be putting anything out at Christmas time. So I, I think we're going to be able to deliver early next year. Um, you know, once everybody's back from Christmas. Um, so, so I'm very pleased with how that's progressing. That's, you know, the resource was one of our big deliverables. Probably it took us a little longer than we thought, but we got it out. I'm pleased with that. The feasibility is still on track. Um, so those are two big major catalysts. Um, one delivered, one coming. And then we, on the permitting side, let's talk about the permitting first, and I'll come to finance it. We are eight to nine months in, and we quietly, our detailed, our detailed project descriptions have already been filed with both the province and the feds. Our terms of reference have been negotiated and defined. Stantec has been hired. All of our environmental baseline work is, not only do we have 14 years of data, we have 10 years of data since it's closed, plus all the work we've done. So there is fully underway. And we hope that we can have that um, we hope that we can have that EIA fully submitted by the middle of the year Q3. Um, so then the then the permits flow after that. I think that you'll see the provincial permit will be uh, the first and followed by the federal. Again, we're a brownfield site. So the impacts and the, the um, disruption uh, is really well known environmental impacts are well known. This was a 20,000 ton a day operation already. So 
um, and and our stakeholders are all very aware. So permitting is well advanced. Uh, it's not something you you talk about a lot because you know being able to give you timelines for that is the single hardest thing in Canada. Um, it's always plus or minus, and sometimes that's three or four months, uh, if not more. On the financing side, uh, we are we are working with a third party now um, on essentially building a debt syndicate. Our resource was really the first driving piece of that. And so third parties have that now and they're tearing it apart. I'm not too worried about it. And, um, and that becomes, you know, the validity for term sheets. Our ultimate goal is to have, uh, we're talking to a number of groups on offtakes for the copper con, uh, and of course, all the royalty and streamers are interested, but that's use if you need to. And ideally, the last thing you do in a project financing. Um, so our goal is really to get the feasibility out and then show the market as fast as possible. So we're targeting the first half of next year. Um, essentially, a, a, a structured financing package um, that, of course, is contingent upon permits and everything else. But... Um, show, shows the market that uh, you know the capital's available, and we certainly think it is. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you argue the point that perhaps a 1.2 billion dollar build, even with the infrastructure you've got, is too big for a hundred million dollar junior? Um, you know, shouldn't shouldn't you be looking for partners? Or, sure. Um, uh, you know, what we we have multiple streams ongoing, and so certainly Trellis is going to have to find itself. Uh, yeah, yeah. you know, you look at the risk associated with this type of thing. Um, you know, you look at, I am gold at Cote. They partnered with Sumitomo. Uh, you look at Equinox gold at Greenstone. They partnered with Orion mine finance. Uh, you're seeing more and more partnerships now. And certainly I think that what I, what I care about ultimately is value per share. And so whether Troilus owns 100%, 51% or 48% of this asset, if we can show accretion um, to value and significant de-risking to our shareholders, uh, we'll look at those options. And certainly I think it's, it's a prevalent theme in the gold space right now is that the producer's balance sheets are getting better. Uh, they are not replacing ounces, uh, especially reserves. There is not a lot of global projects that are generational in scale and can produce that 300,000 ounces equivalent or more. And uh, and I think Trellis is going to be there. So, yeah, cer cer certainly I would be very naive to say uh, that um, partnership isn't a consideration and that we're, there aren't discussions being, there are discussions already being had. Ultimately, it's what's best for our shareholders. We have a whole bunch to, to deliver first. Well, on the, on that, I mean, talking about kind of value per share and delivering for your shareholders, um, <clears throat> one of the things that people look at is uh, cash on the balance sheet. The other is, of course, the crappy markets that we're in, um, at which we can't really control. But then it's the kind of what can you deliver in terms of news flow. So yeah, um, let, let's go. Perhaps go first to cash on the balance sheet and kind of where you are. Yeah, I think uh, as our last quarter it was about. 30. Um, we are less than that now. Uh, probably half of that uh, because 
we we went very very fast to get X twenty two done. Um, obviously, our burn has been curtailed by shutting off the drills, you know. And so your your camp goes from a hundred men to fifteen men. We don't have all the drills and the infrastructure and the sampling, but the you know for the savings that you have on that side, you have costs wrapping up on the engineering side and the tech side to deliver those uh, on their timeline. So yeah, we've, we've reduced. So, so our, our balance sheet's so fine, you know, like every gold company, we will need money in the future, you know, if uh, from now to a construction decision, uh, with long lead time items, detailed engineering and all those things, it's probably another 35 to $40 million. But again, that's not an immediate need for us. We have a lot to deliver before that. So, th- so that comes to newsflow then, um, yeah. in terms of so you got the feasibility study and then the financing news. Those are kind of the key pushes. Yeah, we have uh, we we have some permitting news to come, some major milestones being achieved. Uh, we have uh, all of our summer exploration work. So, despite we lost part of the summer because of uh, forest fires, but mm-hmm. uh, we did manage to get uh, a significant amount of regional work done. And again, it was very focused exploration on high-grade potential that would be accretive to the troilus. Um, you know, we don't need more sub-1 ground material. And and so we have uh, a number of things there being finalized that we'll get to the market as well. Um, and then that rolls right into the feasibility. So, you know, we're middle, almost end of October now. So December, uh, November, December, uh, I think we're going to be fairly busy. Great. Well, um, good luck with it all. And um, thank you very much for the update. Thanks, Ralph.